Oh, the places you'll go. There is fun to be done. There are points to be scored. There are games to be won. And the magical things you can do with that ball will make you the winningest winner of all. Fame! You'll be as famous as famous can be with the whole wide world watching you win on TV. Except when they don't, because sometimes they won't. I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games too. Games you can't win because you'll play against you. All alone. Whether you like it or not, alone will be something you'll be quite a lot. And when you're alone, there's a very good chance you'll meet things that scare you right out of your pants. There are some down the road between hither and yon that can scare you so much you won't want to go on. But on you will go, though the weather be foul. On you will go, though your enemies prowl. On you will go, through the hack and cracks howl. Onward, up many a frightening creek, though your arms may get sore and your sneakers may leak. On and on you will hike, and I know you'll hike far and face up to your problems, whatever they are. You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go. So be sure when you step, step with great care and tact. And remember that life's a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and deft. And never mix up your right foot with your left. And will you succeed? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and 3 quarter percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. So, be your name Buxbaum or Bixby or Bray or Mordecai Alley Van Allen O'Shea. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So, get on your way. Woo! Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. Well done. I think I messed up a few of the words. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Dr. Seuss has so many interesting ones that. Yeah, there's rhymes know. within rhymes. Yes. And what is a hack and crack, really? I don't know. Or but is it's it a haken? I don't know. It's something we should be scared of, though, yeah, it's right? terrified. So, and if it's from Dr. Zeus's imagination, I would assume it would be pretty scary. So, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if his imagination was the scariest. I think he he just had a vivid one. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. What's your imagine? How would you describe your imagination then? My imagination is uh, often in overdrive. <laughs> I like to think too much sometimes, but um, I read a lot when I was a kid, and it was beautiful to be uh, in you know in a little small town and dream of big crazy places and big cities and fast trains and a lot of places I had to wait years to go visit, tropical places, adventurous places, never never land, which I still haven't really been to, but you know. Yes, yeah, so they've got a tra terrible travel agent, right? So it makes it <laughs> difficult to get over there. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about children's books because you're doing something fabulous for the city of Toronto. Yes, I'm trying. Yes, I'm, I'm bringing uh, or I have brought a good book drive to Toronto. So what it is, it's an initiative to try to bring a thousand children's books, hopefully new books, to the Children's Book Bank, which is in Regent Park. Uh, they do wonderful things. Uh, they've been around since, I believe, 2007 and give away a hundred thousand books a year. Isn't that amazing? 100,000 books a year to uh, kids in high needs areas. Um, 
And what's really beautiful is that the Children's Book Bank, it is actually a storefront as well. So it's in an old house. And if you walk inside, it looks like the most beautiful children's library you've ever seen. There's actually like a little basket of, t of stuffed animals that are your reading buddies. If you want to read by yourself, you can hug one. Well, I never had a reading buddy when I was right? a kid. I mean, didn't you, did you not have a stuffed animal friend? Yeah, I never read with them, though. They were just there for adventures, like right. Calvin and Hobbes, right? They mm -hmm. never actually really sat around. They kind of did a little bit of comics and stuff. But generally, they would just get into adventures with the wagon. and. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was like a wagon off the cliff type of kid. Oh, wow. Well, I'm happy you made it to yeah. adulthood. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the Children's Book Bank, essentially kids go in. They give away uh, from that storefront about 200 books a day. And kids can just go in and they look and they pick a book off the shelf and they can bring it home. And for a lot of kids, it's the only chance they will get to have books for themselves yeah. in some in some regards. And it's just a beautiful experience. They have show um, story time multiple times a day. Kids uh, groups go in and after school programs. Um, and they also have a lot of different community outreach programs to bring books uh, into the hands of parents of, of new babies to help um, kind of initiate that relationship with the book bank so that they get children's literacy mm -hmm. on kind of top of mind. Um, it's interesting. I have a friend of mine. Uh, she's about five years old or six years old. Mm -hmm. She's a nice little like Princess Maya. She's learning to read now. And um, I've never been involved in a child's life when they're learning to read. And it's such an interesting process as mm -hmm. they try and grasp like the words and the meanings and the symbols and as they kind of graduate from like little sophisticated like um, like picture books to like actual chapters mm -hmm. and like it's neat to, and it's just but it's a village of people just constantly encouraging her and reading to her and she reads to them and mm -hmm. like it's uh, it's an amazing process. I don't remember how I learned how to read, so it's like um, I remember my mom read to me every night before bed. We had a Sesame Street collection, oh. so it was the letter A to Z. So there was was it twenty seven letters in the alphabet. 28. 26. 26. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've studied the alphabet. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll go with like, there's at least 20 something. It's kind of embarrassing, but I guess I don't really feel like I need to know the number of letters in the alphabet on a regular basis. Um, though I use them every day. It's on Google anyways. You can just look it up. <laughs> well, anyway, we had uh, the number of books that were the number of letters in the alphabet. Uh, and so we would just kind of go through them every day. My mom would pick a new book and read some. Uh, and... There was points where, you know, she would say that we would read, be reading along, but not know how to read at the point, mm -hmm. at that point. Um, but we were just always interested in, um, in reading. And so I know that that's how it started. I had an older brother who helped me sound out words. I remember stuff like that. And of course, you know, we learned how to read in school. Yeah. Um, but it's, of course, reading is the, the gateway to learning. If you can read, you can learn anything. Yeah. It's one of the... I think it's one of the best gifts my parents ever gave me, just kind of pushing me and just always having books around in the house and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's opened up so much doors and it's challenged my thinking and it's like, it's been an adventure. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful for that. Like the fact, and I still am an avid reader now, right? So I'm so happy that it's like part of my life and whatever. I always find it kind of strange when people are not avid readers because it's like you're missing an entire world. There's nothing really that can compare to being um, completely enamored and like just completely involved in a good book yeah where you don't want to put it down um i remember being probably 11 or 12 and reading the lion the witch in the wardrobe and getting oh, into yeah. that whole series prince caspian mm -hmm. and the boy and his horse i believe and just um 
you just couldn't put, I couldn't put the books down. Yeah. It was just, you know, everyone wanted to go outside and play. And I was like, summer, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I've got C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know what that says about me as a child. Um, but yeah, reading is completely important. And uh, I just love the idea that if everyone was able to pick up their favorite book, we could pass it on to a whole new generation of readers. And that's what the good book drive is all about. Essentially, we encourage you to buy your favorite book, a new copy. And there's um, book plates, also known as labels, that you stick on the inside cover. You can put your name and your Twitter handle. uh, But most importantly, you write a little note about why the book is important to you so that the recipient of the book, that kid, opens the book up and they they get to read why that book impacted someone else Mm -hmm. and kind of get involved in that way. It kind of creates some interest and um, a little bit of a narrative about about how that story is, and this is or the, why that story is important. And this is the third city, I think, right, that it's been? Because it was in Vancouver, which is where mm-hmm. you saw it, right? You encountered it in Vancouver? Yep. So it started in Vancouver um, in 2012, and I was living there at the time, and two of my friends host a storytelling podcast called Rain City Chronicles, and someone, uh, they have different themes, and someone, I think they had a reading theme, and someone told a story um, about being part of an after-school program for at-risk youth and how they wanted so very much to have books for the kids. So Corey Ashworth and Lizzie Carp, who run the storytelling night, thought, why don't we just ask our friends to each buy a book? Mm-hmm. And uh, they decided to make the labels and, and just put everything out there. And they contacted all their friends and they started a Tumblr. And so they just started taking picture of, pictures of their friends and people in the community and the mayor with their favorite books. And it really just caught on like wildfire. And they raised a thousand books for the amazing. for the after school program. I think it's called One to One. To one. Um, and I was one of the people who donated a book and was, was kind of featured on the site. And then I helped out with the final count of the books. So we were all at Corey's house, just counting and kind of pouring through all of these beautiful children's books and children's stories and seeing all these notes from people about how these uh, various books impacted their lives. And it was just a beautiful, wonderful feeling. Uh, and I knew I wanted to continue to be involved of in, their, in the process and in the book drive. But then I moved to Toronto. So I've been here for a couple of years and I thought I needed to bring, or I wanted to bring a good book drive here. Uh, and I was in a pretty intense job, and I went freelance, and so I knew I'd have a slow February, and I, so, I, so I approached Corey and Lizzie last year and said, hey, can I uh, take this on and bring it to Toronto? Um, and last year, uh, it expanded to Calgary and also Brooklyn. So um, it's such a beautiful initiative, and once things get going, it's really just essentially just you know, asking people to buy their favorite book and, and mm-hmm. put it in a box. There's donation boxes around the city, and then we just pick them up and bring them to the book bank. It's kind of a, a very simple process, but it also uh, really shines a light on the children's book bank yeah. just to get families thinking about it. Um, you know, kids grow, outgrow books. Um, sometimes, you know, when people have babies, they get, have a baby shower and they get, you know, 50 copies of Love You Forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know... When and babies are terrible readers. <laughs> So, or, you know, maybe, you know, you're doing just a big, you're moving and doing a clean out with your teenager and they just aren't interested in a lot of the old books. You save some favorites. Uh, the Children's Book Bank loves those gently used books as well. You and I actually have a couple of uh, children's books in common. Mm-hmm. All the places you'll go. Yes. And. Oh, you yeah. have a list. You wrote this down. Well, no, it's just because there's a point I want to make. The Little Prince, too. I love The Little Prince. Yeah. In fact, I love The Little Prince even more as an adult than I did as a child. Because it's actually quite a heavy book. 
Yeah, I didn't realize it's one of those things where like um where you watch a cartoon or something and you don't realize there's like depth to it. Like some of the Bugs Bunny stuff is like that too. There's a lot of couple of winks and jokes mm-hmm. that as a kid you just they just go right over your head and then when you watch it as an adult you're like, "Oh, snap. That mm-hmm. was really good." Yeah, The Little Prince. I mean, I think I was probably introduced to it when it was a cartoon, which is a very mild variation of the entire book. Um and then I'm sure I read the pop-up book when I was a kid, or my mom did, or someone did. Um, but I, it kind of kept coming into my life over time. And I remember um, picking up a copy, or seeing it all over Paris when I went traveling. And I picked up a copy, uh, just like some discount bargain bin. And I just devoured it. I read it again. And, it, and of course, certain things, you know, the rose and the kind of the fox and all these little... Um, memorable quotes kind of came back to me but then since then I've, i think i buy like 10 copies of the little prince a year and i give them away as gifts i give them to friends for birthdays if people are going through interesting times i just like to put one in the mail and um i'm just kind of obsessed with the little prince <laughs> to be honest it's it's such a fabulous tale it's a uh, kind of a heartbreaking tale as well but it's just a lot about real life and living the feature film is coming out march 18 mm-hmm. it's a cartoon and it's uh, James Franco and uh, a couple others. It's done by the guy who directed Kung Fu Panda. It's an animation. Yeah, I didn't realize James Franco was in it. Yeah. I'm not actually sure who he is. It's actually playing right now in the Santa Barbara Film Festival. Ooh. I know. It's because it, it did it not debut at Cannes last It did, year? yeah. It's all been like overseas. In France. Yeah. yeah. And then it's one of those weird things where like they got it first, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Normally we get everything first. They got it first. And like you said, it's a French-based book and all that, right? So mm-hmm. it makes sense. But... And it's done really well. It's been really well received over there. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it holds up. March 18 here. I'm excited. So, I'll be there. Yeah. We should like rent out the whole theater and just like invite everybody. Sure. Do right. you have the power to do that? <laughs> I will make some calls. Make some calls. Call, call, those, call those people on your yeah. list. And then the other one is, like we said, uh, all the places you'll go. And what does that one then mean to you? What is that? What's your connection with that? What does that book give you? Dr. Seuss is almost... I think for a lot of people, just growing up, Dr. Seuss has been around for, what, 40 years? So Dr. Seuss is almost kind of like that weird cousin you have that just shows up every once in a while in your life. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah, like, family reunion, hey! <laughs> you know, like, 28th birthday, whoa, where have you been? Yeah. Um, clean out the closet, oh, look at this picture! <laughs> slash book of Dr. Seuss. So um, I've always loved Dr. Seuss. And I think my friend Pam gave me, oh, the places you'll go when we graduated from high school. That's a good time for that. Or maybe that. it was grade eight. I can't remember. Um, and I remember you gave me the this book as well, a copy of this book. Same thing you do with the Little Prince. I give this book away all the time mm-hmm. to everybody. And um, and it just became one of those books that I continued to buy for people when they graduated, or when they were switching jobs, or going through a hard time, or dealing with loss. Um, it's just a beautiful. Again, much like The Little Prince, it's a very real book about life and challenges, but it's also kind of this hopeful um, adventure that kind of just gives you that pat on the back to continue, in particular after something hard has happened. Um, It's just, oh, you know what? Now I remember. Dr. Seuss uh, died the day after my, or the day before my birthday in grade four. Oh, wow. You remember that? Yes, because I changed my speech remember having to do speeches in grade school um so i changed my speech because i thought oh well you know i was going to write a speech about my friend's dog named noodles and i thought that was in grade four you know you have to memorize something and it's terrifying 
But I was so passionate about Dr. Seuss and knowing that he died on my birthday. I remember being a kid and just being like, oh, no, this is the worst. I don't know how old you are in grade four, maybe 10? Sure. We didn't know how many letters in the alphabet are. So I know. Just... I'm really actually, I'm, I'm still <laughs> thinking about how I'm, I'm just very tired right now. So I feel really embarrassed that I did not get that off the top of my head. Um, we wouldn't win a lot of money on a, a lot of game shows. No, today. I would not be on a game show right now. Okay. I think I had three coffees for lunch, if you want to know, <laughs> just to explain how tired I am today. Yeah. Um, so but, the speech. Oh, so I did a, So I did my speech on Dr. Seuss yeah. in grade four, and I believe that's when I picked up or revisited of oh, the places you'll go. And then I think it kept appearing in my life as I got older. Um, and uh, yeah, even last year, I went through a really tough go, really tough go last year, and I, I would pick up the book off my shelf. And gave myself, you know, eight minutes to read it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just comforting. Yeah, it's a nice little pep talk. Mm-hmm. And is that your favorite out of the Dr. Zeus? Or is there any other highlights or other Dr. Zeus books that kind of stand out to you too? Um, I would have to say this is for sure my favorite Dr. Seuss book. Um, the Lorax. I love the message of the Lorax. Um, you know, green eggs and ham is just like one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Yeah. You know, just like a sweet... <laughs> They're sweet little stories, but I don't think any of them have kind of the weight yeah. of, oh, the places you'll go. And kids like the rhyming of those things, too. They mm-hmm. pick up on that right away. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I was reading up on Dr. Seuss. I stumbled across an article, um, I don't know, maybe a few months ago. And he talked about just how long and how hard it was for him to actually come up with the rhymes. People thought it was so easy to do what he did. But he would be, he would say, you know, for every one page, there's a hundred that you know are on the ground the cutting room floor if yeah, you will yeah that makes sense cuz his work is so lean and so tight but to mm-hmm. get to that level like that's a master at work definitely i'm i'm clearly not known for my brevity so kudos dr seuss mm, all right we tip <laughs> the cat in the hat to dr seuss yes were, oh there you go it's not yeah. bad yeah i have my moments Re- donating the books to Regent Park is great, mm-hmm. but I was also curious why um, you, of all people, didn't do anything with the Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. Oh, yes. So Dolly Parton uh, is my hero. Um, her father never learned how to read, and he, his entire life, she, saw, she always said like he was the smartest person. He could do anything, but he never learned how to read, and it always held him back. And it was the one thing he regret in life. And uh, she always says, you know, if you read, you can truly do anything learn anything and so it was it was a passion of hers as she became more famous and more financially stable clearly mm-hmm. <laughs> millionaire um to start something called the imagination library so in her hometown of Sevierville, which is not it was kind of an ironic name yes. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of nowhere tennessee they really call that one um now it's she's kind of created her own uh, economic stimulus package by like launching Dollywood in her hometown and whatnot in Pigeon Forge, but um, anyway, so she essentially gives one book from birth to kindergarten, uh, once a month, to children, and now they've given away millions and millions of books. So um, it's most so Dolly Parton's an inspiration, the Imagination Library. I think it does exist in some parts of Canada. I'm not sure. If it, if it's it, in Ontario, but it's up like deep, like a lot of the First Nation areas. Oh, and, okay. Which know, is amazing. Yeah. Um, so kudos to Dolly Parton for all she's done, including writing uh, both Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the same day. Um, that was all on the same day? All on the same day. Oh, that's a good woman. Right? One yeah. of the best songwriters of our time. Yep. But this is not about the Parton. This is about books. Yes. So. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I was always interested. And um, I think that organization 
uh, is run through her and her people, and um, a good book drive just seemed like an easier, obvious choice for me to for me to be part of, and for me to bring to Toronto. And for people who now want to donate books to the Good Book Drive, there's locations across the city. Indeed. Uh, type books. What are some of the other locations? Type books, of course, on Queen Street. Yep, Capital Espresso, the Scullery in Cabbage Town, Betty's on King Street, um, Indie Eighty Eight has a box. Love Me Do Baby. Uh, Town Barber has a deal of some kind, right? Yes, Town Barber. Um, I love the story. So we went into Town Barber to drop off the Good Book box, which, by the way, um, shout out to the Apple Orchard in bowmanville who donated all the apple crates to us um beautiful people algoma orchards so anyways we dropped off these the apple crate at town barber and um chris the owner is like this big bald dude with like neck tattoos and he's like he looks like a bit tough and he's cutting hair and i'm just you know me like hey here's the labels and stuff and he looked at me he said you need to know, last week I bought two copies of I Love You Forever by Robert Munch. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> and he was just like, this, like just he looks so like tough. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy, I love him. And he was talking about how he mailed one to his mom and how it was such an important um, book in his childhood. And all of these, you know, barbers, uh, like we're just talking about children's books. It was just such a beautiful thing. Uh, and they also have an initiative where if you bring in a book, you get $5 off a haircut. That's amazing. It's so great. So, so they're super pumped. They're super excited. A lot of the locations are really, really into it. Um, Ella Minow is a children's bookstore on Kingston Road. And uh, I think they already have like three boxes of donations. People have just been really embracing the initiative. And it's amazing. That's cool. And yeah. it's running for the month of February? So yeah. So we're trying to raise a thousand books in 29 days. Okay. All of February. You can do it. Now, how, what's the, it's all on the internet now. What's the URL for so people can. Agoodbookdrive.com. And your Twitter, I guess, or your. It's agoodbookdrive. All right. And on Instagram as well. Uh, every day we're, we're showcasing different Torontonians and their favorite children's books. I got to be showcased. You did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thank so you for that. That was so cool. Yes. You know the places you'll go. Yep. Keeping it real. Um, so, yeah. So, you're just showcased. And, uh, yeah, so we have a variety of different people from all over the, the place. We're trying to get the mayor, John Tory, if you're listening. We want to know your children's book of choice, what you donate. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just a fun thing to do. And uh, we're also trying to bring attention to different independent real t retailers. Mm -hmm. So buy your books at Yeah, uh, it's a lot places. of cool, like, pla like the places you just mentioned. They're all, like, super neat. Like, I type books is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. So, so just a, a way to support local business, too. Nice. Mm-hmm. I couldn't let you go without talking about cheese for a moment. Of course. Because that's another passion. As much as you have Dolly Parton and uh, do-gooding as a, uh, a passion, cheese is also a passion. Yes, I'm very passionate about, about the fromage. Yes. Um, I never met a cheese I didn't like. Would you have a favorite cheese? Uh, I would say smoked Gouda. Yeah. It comes to mind very quickly. That sounds nice. It's delicious. Where did the cheese obsession start for you? Probably as soon as I could eat cheese. Okay. Yeah. Right. There's really like there really is not much to it. Just I know. Yeah. But I just need it on the record just for. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy at St. Lawrence Market who works at the, one of the cheese shops, and he has a shirt that says, "Last night a cheesemonger saved my life." That is amazing. And of course, I was I just went up to him and said, "Well, your shirt is amazing. You now must school me." And he gave me this ridiculous cheese, which the name escapes me, but it perhaps 
if you're listening and if you like going on an adventure, try to find a man with that shirt in St. Lawrence Market because he will bring you to the most expensive cheese that I've ever paid for. But um, essentially, it's a, a cheese that's made from summer milk from cows that only eat green grass. And they take the milk and they make cheese at like a certain certain elevation in France and only from like only on August 22nd or whatever. That sounds delicious. Yeah. So but I'm coming from Kraft Singles. Yeah, so. well, Kraft Singles, I used to microwave Kraft Singles in the, and just eat them with a spoon when I was a kid. Oh, that's actually pretty smart. Yeah. Well, I was really informative. I'm like, I'm really glad you came in. Now I learned about <laughs> cheese. I know. I kind of went on a cheese. I can't. I, I don't remember. I wish I could remember the name of that one. Yeah. But it melted in your mouth. Like, you know when you put a cheesy in your mouth? Yeah. Like a puffy one? Yeah, yeah. And it just kind of dissolves? Melted in your mouth like that. <laughs> So I'm kind of just combining like the cheapest cheese flavored orange yeah. just did anything and the most beautiful thing I've ever eaten in one. You ever had cheese in a can? Uh, oh, spray cheese? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that offend you as a cheese uh, It doesn't offend me. I think every cheese has its place. Um. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt of some kind. <laughs> every cheese has its place. So, uh, and there is a certain time and place for uh, spray cheese. And that is probably Frosh Week. <laughs> and then that's where it stays. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. So we have covered cheese. We've covered Dr. Zeus. We've covered a good book drive. Indeed. And how many letters are there in the alphabet, Sammy? I'm going to go 26. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to win the car either. I have an English degree, too. So I think there's 26. How many provinces are there? Uh, there are 10 provinces, three territories. Oh, yeah. You're better than I am. Okay. No, I'm not better than you by any means. Well, you knew that, though. I didn't know there was three territories. So mm -hmm. I just thought it was all just like lumped together. One giant landmass. You're like the snowy part. <laughs> yeah, because it's so hard to color in geography. Anyways, that's another issue for another day. I hope we can edit this <laughs> and make it sound smarter. <laughs> yeah. I'll just get like, yeah, I'll go. I'll look everything up first on Google and then I'll confirm the facts. And then, okay, look up the alphabet thing, actually, while you're there. Okay. I'm, I'm. I feel really embarrassed by this. I'm ninety percent sure there's twenty six letters in the yeah. alphabet. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's my does. final yeah. answer. Lock it in. I think what did I? I think I just said yeah, there's twenty six letters in the alphabet. What? Yo. I think I, I, think I accidentally said twenty eight in the beginning. Yeah, that's what messed me up because I'm like, well, maybe they did add some stuff. It, yeah. Because you're hip and happening, so you might have gotten some memo that I didn't get. I'm also incredibly exhausted right now, so. Uh, you know, we, sometimes the wheels are turning, but the hamsters asleep. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of there. At least yeah. you have a hamster, so <laughs> <laughs> I just got the wheel. So, <laughs> well. so <laughs> there's nowhere to go from there. So the website, one more time. Agoodbookdrive.com. And it's across locations. I think you have about 20-odd locations. Um, I think we have maybe 15 right now. 15? Yep. And you'll be adding a few more maybe? Yep, hopefully. We're still in the first week, so hopefully okay. uh, there'll be a few more. Go and please donate wonderful children's books to wonderful children. Yes, please. Thank you, Lana Gay, for coming in and hanging out and talking cheese and Little Prince and figuring out how many letters are in the alphabet. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Next time, I promise I'll have a good night's sleep before. All right. We'll see where this goes. <laughs>